and welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club Podcast. It was 7th heaven for the Bears last weekend as Congleton Town beat Wolverhampton Casual 7-0 in front of over 700 spectators. Their biggest league win since 2007 when they beat Nelson by the same scoreline. We'll hear from Ethan Hartshorn on why his two goals meant a lot to him personally and also Danny Cox on his career so far after he came off the bench to get two assists. But first, let's start with player-manager Richard Duffy, who also got himself on the score sheet. I'm really pleased. Obviously, the, the win is, is the most important thing, but obviously it's added to our, our goal difference as well, which, which is good. But yeah, all in all, a, a really good day and a, and a solid, solid performance. Was that a complete performance as it comes? I'm not sure about that, to be honest. I think we, we were really sloppy in the first half. Um, obviously scored early they started the game alright I thought I thought they set up well and, and looked dangerous and yeah we, we, we slowly grew into the game and, and started to dominate and once the second one went in and obviously the send, their first sending off happened then it was pretty much game over really Obviously you were involved in, in the tackle was on you how were you after that because it's a pretty nasty challenge Yeah it was yeah it wasn't great but it, listen the, the main thing is that, that there's, there's no injuries from it the lads come over and apologise and, and that's football sometimes you miss time tackles and, and you get the consequences for it and, and they've paid for that today so but yeah I'm alright and you know the, the boys have performed really well second half and, and, and we're ruthless with it and there's obviously seven goals to talk about obviously we won't talk about them all because we'll be here all, all day on the podcast I do want to mention your goal though Normally we see you scoring with your head with those situations. Did it just drop to you and you're saying, let's hit this drive low? Yeah, it wasn't a great ball by Coxie, to be honest. He dragged his corner a little bit and I had to stretch and I, you know, I made, a, made a run around the back and to be fair, it's landed perfect and the boys were saying, I was your ankle after that. They thought I, uh, it come off my toes a little bit, but I, I hit it pretty sweet. I think it went through Tom Hampton's legs and another, it might have been the keeper or defender on the line through their legs. So it was a little bit lucky, but yeah, it's uh, nice to be on the score sheet. Obviously, there was seven goals. Actually, pretty much every one was a good team goal. And we saw a lot of kind of unselfish play as well, with players that were then laying it off to other players. Yeah, you know, the game became a little bit false in the end. Let's not get away from that. They were down to nine men. They were they were struggling, obviously, tiredness and, and whatever else kicked in as well then uh, with, with losing two players. So let, let's not get ahead of ourselves and, and load ourselves up to be something we're not. Yes, we won 7-0, but we, we were against a team that were depleted in the end with, with, with the sending offs. But that's that was down to us. You know, we, we, we caused them problems and, and they pay the consequences for what they do and... Um, but yeah, some really good goals. Ruthless to score seven, and and probably could have been into the double figures if if we took you know more of our chances. Obviously, we talk about the goals, but this is now I think it's five clean sheets in the last six games. Just how, how pleasing it is that as well that you are being defensively solid as well. No, it, it helps massively. You know, you, if if you keep it out at the other end, the old the old saying, you only need one the other end. So if we keep nailing down our, our defensive duties, and you know, especially at home, I, I think at home we're probably more susceptible to to conceding with so much possession and people switching off, getting a little bit sloppy in possession because because we're in control of the game and. And one, you know, you've seen they, they were down to 10 men and had a 1v1 with, with Dave, um, made a great save. But they the little things that, you know, if that's one, if that's a 1-0 game and, and they get that chance, you know, it, it could become, you know, something that, something we don't need it to be. So they're the little things we need to tighten up on. But in general, we, we, we haven't given many chances away, which, which obviously tells you, tells you the story. The fact that you've won 7-0, 
and the fact that you were look, looking and thinking, we, we, could have, we could have done done this better. Is that, do you think, what is so good about the mindset of yourself and actually the team? And that's what you've got to be, is always looking for ways that you can improve. You've always got to be looking at ways to improve. And, you know, it, it's, it is hard to, to do that. You know what I mean? Week in, week out. Like I, I, I've said to you previously that there's two teams on the pitch and, and they have a right to, to win as well and score goals and have chances and and kick you and get tackles and, and everything else so it's, it's not just a one team game where you play against no one and, and you can and you, the freedom to do what you want you know it's, there's a structure there and, and the boys and the boys work really hard from it and um, you know it's, it's, it's come to uh, fruition today We've got to talk about the attendance as well because we've spoken before in, early in the season that 500 was good then we said 600 was excellent 700 over 700 700 and 11 just how great is that to hear? Yeah, amazing, really. We, we, we keep building on it, and you, you think one week that, you know, they're not going to turn up. It's, it's a bit cold, and rain has come in, they, there's not going to be that many here today, but it keeps creeping up slowly but surely, you know, 20 or 30 up more on every week. And at the minute, it's, you know, to, to put on a show like that and, and to score seven goals, then uh, hopefully the new people who have come through the gate today, you know, turn up um, at our next home game. Obviously, it's been a sad week for the club in terms of fans, friends of, of the club, and, and volunteers. This seems like a fitting way. To, to end that week and, and pay tribute to those. No, absolutely, and you know we we're, we're a family, as we say, it's a really family club. All, all non-league clubs are, you know, everyone says it, but we, you know, this club is, is is really for for the fans and, and for the family around it, and the volunteers and everything, and obviously the, the passing of of two fans this week has been really sad. So uh, to have the minute silence before was great for you know to to pay our respects, and then obviously to score seven goals to celebrate them was uh, was really good. Next week it's Studley, obviously then towards the top of the table. First away game in the league actually since the first weekend in November. Is it a case of now of trying to take those home performances and the, and the home results now into these away games? Yeah, it's going to be a really hard game Saturday. I, I like Studley, fully young players, uh, good manager, um, set up really well, look to play football and it's going to be a totally different game to what we had here, you know, back on their home pitch. And they pick up some good results on, on, on the 3G there, so we're going to have our hands full and, you know, hopefully we can, we can go there. Um, set up well and, and hopefully come away with a win. And then on the Tuesday night, it's Witten. Obviously, we all know what happened here early in the season. And I think the, 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 a fair reflection of the game was the fact that it, that game could have gone e either way. And I think we more than matched them. We were going to that game. We know it's going to be tough in the quarterfinal, but a bit of re revenge, I guess. Yeah, maybe as a fan point of view, you, you can say a bit of revenge. From my point of view, it's not. They took the win on the day and probably just edged it. Um, they had a little bit of class in the final third, which which we didn't have on the day. And yeah, it's going to be another good game, another tough game. But when we're looking to, to win, because it's a quarter-final of the Cup, Cup that we are holders of, and we don't want to let it go yet. You know, we, we everyone left in the competition, it will be in a higher division than us. Um, so we got our hands full, and, and no doubt going away to Witten is going to be a, a massive ask for us to get anything from it. That was Richard Duffy speaking after Saturday's 7-0 victory. The Bears are now 10 points clear at the top of the Midland Football League Premier Division, but other teams do have games in hand on the Bears. Ethan Hartshorn captained the Bears and scored two goals, and you may have seen him look and point up to the sky after scoring his first. That was in memory of Bears supporter Paul Leake, who you may also know as Chinna. Been thinking about the game all week, knowing that we were um, sort of uh, doing it for Paul for Chinna. Been very close to him for years now. I'm obviously, my family really close with him, so yeah, it meant a lot. It meant a lot to put the ball in the back of the net and obviously put it up to the sky. Yeah, that was for him. That was really special. It probably couldn't have gone any better than expected, apart from if I'd have scored the hat trick, then that'd have been that'd have been even better. But you know, I'd, I'd, he'd definitely be happy up there. I'm sure he will. 
And of course, all our thoughts are with the family and friends of Paul Leake and also Alan Brennan, who was also remembered at the match. Now to this week's guest and a player who signed for the Bears last summer. That's Danny Cox. As you'll hear, he makes a 120-mile round trip to home games, and it's his drive to succeed that has seen him have success in his career so far, and he's hoping to add more silverware this season. First of all, Danny, welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Good to be here. I'm good, thank you, Danny. And I guess you're absolutely still on cloud nine after the, the result at the weekend, a 7-0 win. And your reaction after the game was kind of it's been coming. Was that because of the chances the team has created in recent games and the control that the yeah. team has kind of had? Yeah, 100%. I said it when we got into the change rooms a couple of times. I felt it's been coming. And even despite the results of 1-0 and, and 2-0s, I think... We've been creating loads of chances and we have been playing well and I didn't think it was far off where someone was going to get um, well, a good idea, to be fair, but like 7-0. And do you know what? I felt a little bit sorry for them because they were probably the, for 25 to 30 minutes, one of the better sides I've seen that have come to the Cleric because I think other sides have just come and shut up shop. I think they actually had a go and they were playing some all right stuff, to be fair. And I think obviously we've scored one. And then the set sending off within a couple of minutes has actually killed them, hasn't it? So, and you you got to question it, haven't you, really, a little bit. But, like, they carried on playing and fair play to them. But, obviously, once we got that second and that third, just floodgates were open then, aren't they? And it was, it was good to see because I think Duff's alluded to it after the game. He said it can be easy to just switch off and just be happy with two, three, four. But just kept going. And to be fair, it could have been double figures if we would have put his chances away because we created some good stuff. And you came off the bench and got two assists. When you come off the, the bench, is, is that what you kind of want? To still make an impact, even when the, the score line is 4-5-0, but to still come on and show that I'm still coming on and making an impact? Yeah, 100% that. Um, obviously, I'm getting on a little bit now. I'm 36, so I can't, I can't be starting every single game. I still would do and I still want to. And if that were, were to change, I'd, I'd stop playing football. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, if I'm on the bench, I'm itching to get on that pitch and, and do a bit because obviously I want to be in Duff's here to, to start the following game. I, I, to, and to be fair, I needed a, a couple of assists or a goal or something because if you watch the Tuesday game, I was absolutely awful. So I needed to play well when I come off the bench there on Saturday. And I guess the most pleasing part as well, obviously, the win. Over 700 were watching at the Cleric Stadium. And, and how great is that to see? Because you're someone who's played in the leagues above, which we'll speak about later. But have you been surprised by the support and the attendances the club has been getting week after week after week now? Yeah, obviously, I do a bit of research myself before I joined any club. I knew I knew the the crowds that we're getting were, were decent, but obviously, it's taken to another level this year. They've, they've hit the six hundreds and now the seven hundreds, aren't they? It's fantastic, and I'm big on like that community feel in a club because uh, my family come and watch all the time. They love the football; they always have done. So, if it's not a good community feel, I, I don't settle and I move on. It's as simple as that. So, as soon as I walked through the door at Congress, I knew it was the right place because, like, like I say, everyone that you speak to is so lovely and friendly. Like we're in the bar all the time, probably the last ones in the bar every week. And obviously, I bring my little lad. Uh, all the fans are like, I literally don't have to look after him. All the fans just do it for me. So, yeah, it's a wicked place to be. And it's a real good feel, good atmosphere at the moment at the club. It's brilliant. And we'll talk more about your time at Congleton a, a little bit later on. But let's go back to the very, very start of your football journey and career. So, where did it all start for you, Danny? What are your earliest football memories? Yeah, we, I come from a big footballing family, so we were all big Reds, big United fans. So I've grown up with it. Like my dad said, I could do I could do what I want, but I can't support anyone other than Man United. Otherwise, I'd have to find a new place to live. So 
I was a massive United fan. Dad got me into footy really early and my mum. My mum was wicked, she used to drive me everywhere, like set me on the bus, etc. And then until she got a car. Yeah, I started playing when I was about six, a team called Duckingfield Youth. And one of the chairmen at the time was called Norman Lee. Uh, I was still good good friends with him now and messages me all the time when he sees me results. The top bloke, and he was a big United fan. Uh, so we'd, we'd go and watch United home and away. I'd play all the way up. I think it was to about 14, 15 until I... I moved on, so I played a long time at Duckyfield Youth. I, I really enjoyed it. It was good, good times. I was always quite good, to be fair. I was younger, I was really, really small, though. Um, so I was like, I was head and shoulders above everyone, pardon the pun, uh, even despite being really small. But then when everyone grew, I didn't grow. So it got to like year seven, year eight, and I found myself getting pushed off the ball. So when it when I came to 16, I was still like, my, my mates and that were had, had gone to United or they'd gone wherever, and I was still struggling to get into my local team because I was just tiny. And then overnight, just grew and then found mis- mis- myself into non-league and like, played a bit of pub football, which set me up nice. I've got a bit, a bit of an angry streak in me. I think it's from there. I just went straight into non-league then from there. So I think I was at Ducky till I was about 15, 16. Am I right in saying that Droylston FC was where you would place some of your finals, I guess, as a junior player, playing at these stadiums like Droylston? It must be fantastic, and that's almost like the old Trafford or Wembley for your junior yeah, career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's the pinnacle. That's what you got your cup final, and you you ended up at either Hyde United or Drawsden at the time, or even Ashton United. So, like for me, when I was younger, like seeing a non-league team, you think, oh my god, like that's like pros. That is because you you just don't know, do you? As you're younger, and it's you can you can make good careers in non-league and. And like I say, when you're growing up and you're making them cup finals, I remember playing against Fletcher Moss in one. I think they beat us 7-0 the week before. And we was, we went straight to the final the week after we drew 0-0. I missed a penalty in the penalty shootout. We got beat. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. They beat us 7-0 the week before. And I think like, players like Wes Brown and all that had come through like Fletcher Moss at the time. So they were, like, they, they were heads and shoulders above everyone. But yeah, it was, it was good times, man. Yeah, really good. So in terms of your non-league career, was this where it started at? what I guess is your hometown club, which is Staley Bridge Celtic. Yeah, so got into the first team there through the reserves. I think he only made three appearances in the squad in the in the first team. Felt like I should have been playing as every kid does. Despite I think it was in Conference North at the time. And I remember it was at Alfred and the manager got sent off uh, and the assistant manager loved me. I can't remember his name though. And he led over and said, go on, go and get warm. You're coming on. You got 20 minutes and we're down to 10 men. Just have a go. I thought, here we go. Here's my chance. And it was Steve Burr, the manager. I remember him. Got sent off and he leant over and he said something to the assistant. He never put me on. So I was in bed. I was like, oh, he clearly don't fancy me for whatever reason. So I was a bit, I should have just stuck it out. But I was like, nah, I'm going to go and play somewhere. So ended up moving on there and went to Abbey A after that. Abbey Hay, you joined in late 2009. And at the time, it was a bit of a transition period for them because they just changed manager. And it was about the halfway point of the season, I think Abby Hay might have been bottom at the time and only had maybe four or five points after about 25 games. And things did improve that season, as we'll come on to. But what's it like when you kind of arrive at a situation like that, when a club is literally fighting for their lives kind yeah. of in the league? Do you know what? I didn't really take note of it because a few of my friends had gone there already. So I knew what I could do on the pitch. I just wanted to play. And literally, I didn't even think about the league position. The manager got in touch and wanted to give me a chance. Uh, so I was just happy to play. So I just got on the pitch and just scored a load of goals, to be fair, and just enjoyed myself. And we had we ended up having a really good second half of the season and we were really unlucky in the end. But yeah, I'd not even thought about like where they were in the league. I just wanted to go and play. And like I say, Having the frustrations at Staley Bridge, I thought I'd just go out and score some goals. 
I can't remember. I think it was. I think it went right down to the last game. I'm sure, like you say, we were three or four. It was like twenty points off, like safety at one point when we all joined, and then we just went on a crazy run. And I think it did go down to the last game. I'm pretty sure it did. And you did actually end the season with success, though, because you won the League yeah. Challenge Cup. So was that season yeah. kind of bittersweet because you were relegated? And I guess no player wants to be part of a team that is, no, that yeah, is relegated. But you were able to win a cup as well. Yeah, it was it was bittersweet, but at the time I didn't really think of it like that because obviously when we come in, it, it was done and dusted. They were already relegated. It was just going going play. Do you know what I mean? And we'll see where we at, where we're at. And I remember the manager Baz Walker is again like every every manager I've played under, I'm still really good friends with. I just remember him saying, just just go and enjoy yourself, see what happens. And then we just kept winning and winning and winning. And we actually got really lucky in the League Cup because we played New Mills who who walked the league, I think they, they won it by about 20 or 30 points. And we played them in the semi-final and we had, I was suspended. We had my mate Gaz Wager at the time uh, suspended. So it was like, oh no, and they beat us 3-0. And I was like, oh, season done, blah de blah And then next minute we got a phone call saying they played an ineligible player. So they got kicked out. So we got put in the, put it straight into the final and we ended up, I think we beat Winsford, was it 3-0, 2-3-0? Can't remember the, the score. But yeah, it, I didn't really class that as our relegation because if we'd have been there at the start of the season, I think we'd have got playoffs. Or, or I don't think they did playoffs at the time, to be fair, but we'd have been up there top five with the results that we were getting. Do you think it's situations like that where you can almost come in and play without any pressure actually out of the player benefits you? Yeah, definitely. And like I say, it was probably a good situation for me being not playing non-league before, just going in, just going and enjoy yourself. Like I said, like there was no pressure on me if you made a mistake, etc. It was just going and enjoy yourself. It was like a, a small club in in Gorton Abbey, uh, not much money. I think I got twenty quid petrol a week. I can't remember how much it was. It was like that barely even come. I think I had to pay thirty quid petrol to get there, and like I just wanted to play and just just show what I could do really, and showcase my talent. And yeah, and it worked. And ended up moving on the following season. You ended up moving to Baker Borough and you go on to spend, I think it was four seasons up in Baker. And there was a couple of cup finals and a trophy that you managed to, to win. What were some of your standout memories at the club? And is this where you really think your career really kicked on from here? Yeah, I do, to be fair. Like I said, I, I was quite raw still. Uh, and, and before I signed for Baker, I'd actually agreed to sign for Ransbottom that season uh, with John O and Bernard Marlidge and all the ex-Alford managers. Uh, yeah, and I'd all, all agreed terms and everything. And then I remember my mate Wager again and moved to Bake Up. He got in my ear. He said, oh, Brent Peters, he, want, he wants you in and all this. I think he offered me an extra 10 or something. I was like, all right, yeah, sounds. And they fell out with me burning uh, Jono. But yeah, I ended up signing for, for Bake Up under Brent. And honestly, he's he's a top, top guy, Brent is. I'm sure everyone heard you played, played Bake Up in the final last year, didn't you? He's a legend, man. Absolute legend. At the time, he had a coach, uh, assistant coach, Andy Hill, who played for City. So I'd never been coached before me. I'd just gone out and played, still a bit raw, like I said. And we had a few fallouts, me, Andy and, and Brent, over the years. But like I said, I, I owe them a lot, to be fair, because they taught me a lot. They were, they were two good guys, man. And I think in the, your first season there, you won the Challenge Cup. And I think you've got a few assists for you in the final, because it was quite a, a, a convincing win. And am I right in saying, after you won that, you even had an open top bus in the Towns Carnival? Yeah, I, I never, I don't think I went to that over top bus raid, to be fair. But yeah, he's, he's he doesn't don't pull his punches, Brent. He does everything proper. I'll give him that. Yeah, we had an old sales day the night before, etc. He, he's a good guy. He does everything if, if, as, if, as if it was a professional team. He's a, he's a wicked guy to play for. And honestly, do anything for you. If I rang him up now and said, oh, I'm 100 quid short on my mortgage, you could send me 100 quid. He's a top guy, honestly. And the following season, 
Am I right in saying that you became captain of the club? Yeah, yeah. So straight in, I think they offered me a contract to stay and then offered me a captaincy as well. So that was a privilege, obviously, a couple of years in non-league. Obviously still quite young. That was, that was, that was a big privilege for me, that, to be fair, and my family. And I think you finished that season as top scorer in all competitions with 17 goals. You were the captain. We talked about Congleton and the Cheshire Senior Cup final. You had your yeah. own route in the uh, the Lancashire Cup. I think you might have scored two goals in the semi-final against Padium, who won the Northwest West Champions League that season. Yeah. That set up the final um, against Fylde, which was played at Bolton Wanderers, what was then known as the Reebok Stadium. What an experience that must have been. Lost 2-0 on, on that occasion, but that whole season and and to be part of a, a, a cup final like that, we talked about it in Congleton, must have been special. Yeah, it, it really was. And do you know what? I look back and we, we talk about it now, like the team that we had at Baker, we probably underperformed. Uh, I think he's got the pitch sorted now, but like I ended up in a 442 magazine that year. Uh, because we um, we ended up, oh, was it that year or the year before? I can't remember, but we, we ended up playing seven games in eight days, I think it were. So I got a phone call off this guy saying, I don't know, Mark Smith from 4-4 Tars. Like, yeah, whatever, it's a prank. Put the phone down. He rang me back again, put it down again. I was like, I'm not getting that over here. And he was like, no, honestly, I'm from 4-4-2 magazine. I want to do a big spread on you. So I've still got it upstairs. He's like, yeah, he's like, Dad Cox playing. So I played every minute as well of all the games. But yeah, um, I think we did underperform, though. We, the team that we had, we had a centre mid called Davey Luca, Northwest County's like, Legend, who's brilliant centre midfielder, brilliant player. Kings Williams, who now was at now was at uh, Witten Albion. I think he's captain there. Loads of really, really good players who went on to do really good things in non-league. Uh, I think we ended up mid-table, but we, we should have been a lot higher. Man, we had a really good side. The, the semi-final, yeah, two goals. I used, used to be a goal scorer, to be fair. I'm more of an assist kind of guy now, but <laughs> yeah, two goals in the semi. And then we played filed. I think there was three or four leagues higher than us. They went full strength as well. And at 1-0, I think there was about 20 minutes to go. I missed the sitter I did. I went run through one-on-one one one and tried to go around the keeper and he's read me and that's just so fair. And you mentioned there how many games you played in that season. I think it might have been a couple of seasons from memory, actually, where Baker ended up having to squeeze so many games in towards the end of the season. But that one in particular, how on earth do you play that many games in such a short period of time in terms of making sure that mentally, but also physically, that you are up and, and ready to play literally a game every day? Yeah, do you know what? Like When when I was that young, I, I wanted to play every minute I could. He wanted to rest me because we had a cup final. We had, um, I can't remember if it was a challenge cup final or the, the one at Bolton, I can't remember. But we had a cup final right at the end and he was like, you're not playing everyone, no way. I was like, I'm playing. If I'm turning up, I'm playing. I ain't sitting on the bench. It's a bit like Pete Williams now. He's exactly the same. He reminds me when I was younger. I couldn't think of nothing worse now. Play <laughs> play one game a week. That'll do me. <laughs> I still do love football, but I, I literally I'd, pl I'd play Saturday, Tuesday, and I'd be five aside. I'd be everything like it was my life, and it still is. But not so much now. Now I've got a son. But like, like I say, if I, if I could play every minute, if I was if I was driving forty minutes to a game, I want to play ninety minutes. If, I, if he brought me off in the eighty ninth minute, I'd soul can only speak to him. So I was, I was fucking mad. <laughs> After that week where you did play all of those games, when it came to that final final game and that run of games was over, how were you feeling after that? And what what, what did you do? Was it just like a long lie down for the rest of the week? Yeah, do you know what? I remember it quite clear, to be fair, because I was knackered and I had a few knocks and bumps, but it got to a point where I was like, I've only two games away here. I'm just going to go for it. And it was actually, I was actually quite quite proud of the achievement. I think I, was, I think I was the only player to play every minute of all the games. Yeah, maybe, maybe one more, I'm not sure. But yeah, it was good. I, I just wanted it to just say how far I've done it now. And they're like, do you know what I mean? 
it was, it was good. I was, I was, like I said, I was, I was proud and I was tired. <laughs> so four seasons at Bake Up. Looking back now, how do you reflect on those years? Yeah, brilliant. Like I say, I owe a lot to Brent and, and to Andy. Taught me a lot shape-wise, etc. what to do off the ball. Like I said, I was always really good on the ball. I knew what I was going to do. And like I said, I was a bit of a whip. I mean, similar to how George plays now, to be fair, exactly the same as him. Get at players, do what you can do, get in score. But it was off the ball that I'd struggle because obviously I'd not had no coaching or anything like that. So they, they taught me a lot. Uh, like I said, I do home do a lot. But it was taken a little bit towards the end in terms of I moved down to Nottingham Way for work. Uh, I was still on contract though, but I was struggling with my knee. I had, I had tendonitis for about six months. I'd lost all my pace. I didn't look like the same player and I, I just weren't enjoying my football because of it. And I was turning up, we were struggling. I was, I was playing against defenders. I knew I was, better, I was better than them and they were just taking the ball off me basically. And I was like, Fuck, I'm just not enjoying myself here. It was like an hour and a half, two hour drive. And I just fell out of love of football a little bit. To be fair, I thought I were done because I just couldn't get my knee right. Ended up going to a specialist and they wanted to inject it with, it was like, I think it was horse placenta or something like that, it? where they spin the blood and put it back in and uh, something like that. And then just miraculously overnight, I was like, feel, don't feel too bad. And it just went. I've just never had problems with it since. It was crazy. So as you mentioned there, you did leave Bake Cup. I think this would have been the summer of 2014. And then was it then when you moved to Norton and this was your first time working under Scott Dundas? Because as you all hear, you seem to follow him around. Yeah, it was Norton because I got the contract to finish at Bake Cup and I got and Scott had tried to sign me a couple of times and I always said, no, no, it's too far, it's too far. Like, and once Brent's got older, you know, you can't get out of Bake Cup. He's, it's one of them. He's, he's like a magnet. He's like... Like Marmite, but like I say, I have like, oh yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming next season, I'm coming next season, and then next season I come and Brent would be like, he's you're not going anywhere. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stay <laughs> because I moved location. I thought I need a new club. I thought I'll I'll see what Scott's saying. Went down to Norton, loved it there. Love Scott. I stayed with him for, for a good seven or eight years. Is it? I can't. I don't know. Don't know the timings of it, but yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's that was probably the first time that I played at a club where. The changing room was unreal. I've always played in really good changing rooms, but that there, the lads at Norton were every single one of them. They weren't a bad egg at all. It was brilliant, and it was such a great place to be. And I thought, this is this is what non-league's about. This like that's when I realised, like, yeah, yeah, I'm here now. I'm, uh, I'm ready to like to play properly. You know what I mean? Do you think you needed that after what you mentioned with the trouble that you had with your knee? Falling a bit out of love with football. Do you think you needed that that kind of dressing room that, that you, you described, that new challenge to then get your career back on track? Yeah, like I so said, I went in at Norton. I struggled actually when I got in there because I was because it was new. I didn't really know anyone. But like I so, said, the change room was wicked. But then I was like, I found myself on the bench and I was like, in my head, I've, I was always a bit big headed. I was like, I shouldn't really be on the bench, man. Like, what's going on here? I was like, you might have admit time for two seasons. And then I think I ended up stopped playing for about six months. Uh, I was like, I'm just going to go and play local, just go and get some game time. And I think they went on a cup run. They got to the, like the first round of the FA Cup that year. And I was like, oh, God, I could have <laughs> been part of that. But then that's when I went and joined Ruddington. Ended up winning a league. Loved it. And then Scott got back in touch with me. He was like, come on, come and have another go. And then I did. <laughs> and you mentioned uh, Ruddington Village. Um, and this was the 2015-16 season. And, and Ruddington's not too far away from Leicester. And it was the year that Leicester City won the Premier League. And the reason I mentioned that is, from what I've read, it describes that your success in the Nottinghamshire Senior League 
was a sim- obviously not not to the scale, but it was described as kind of a fairy tale um, success as, as well. And I think you were joint top scorer with 17 goals and you won the league. Obviously, some people might be wondering, you've dropped down a few divisions. Why did you make that decision to drop down? And and how much did you kind of enjoy that season of being part of that um, title-winning team? Yeah, well, it it was a bit of a twofold, really, because, like I said, I'd had that injury from from Bake Up, so I weren't really enjoying that season. I went to Norton, and they were doing well. Uh, They'd just come up through the Northwest County, so I weren't getting in there. So I was like, I've done it. I fell out of love a little bit with football. My friend who I worked with, he was a manager, he went, just come and play for us, have a, have a kick around at Ruddington if you want. And we, we all paid subs. It was literally like, turn up, you had to pay a fiver. And at the time in the NSL, I think there was teams like Clifton or Whites, a couple of others were paying decent money. I think if you win that, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that, then you go into official non-league, if that makes sense, or whatever step that is. Step six, is it? So I was like, oh, yeah, go on then. And like I said, I loved it, man. Like just found my form again. I felt, felt quick, sharp. And no one could really get near me in that league. And, and they, they said 17 scores. I scored more than that. They, they used to take the mic and, and, and mark it down and some lads scoring. Like, it comes to presentation night and they did the top goal scorer. And I didn't win one award. And I didn't get players player, I didn't get managers player. And I was like, come on. I loved it. I got, like, to be fair, I owe a lot to Ruddington as well because I found my love again for, for football then. And that's when I, well, I can't remember when I got back in touch with Scott. Scott got back. Back in touch with me, I can't remember. I just said, well, I'll come down and, and do pre-season with you. You then joined Scott Dundas at Chasetown um, and you then later joined him again at Kidsgrove. We, we do see that a bit in non-league, that players do tend to follow managers at, at kind of around. Is that a play from a play perspective that you get on with, with the manager and you feel like you get the best out of each other? Um, and it, does it just seem like that sensible option as a player? Yeah, definitely. Well, it is for me. I can't speak for for others. Like, I, there's been different opportunities for me to move on to different higher leagues and stuff like that. But I've always been about. I've, I need to enjoy my football. I need to have a laugh. But obviously, football comes first. But I need to have a laugh as well. Like, I'm spending a lot of time with these people. So, on a Saturday, I don't want to be turning up with people like wearing sliders, w- listening to music. That's just not what I've ever been about. Like, it's just I want to go. I want to wine some people, I want to throw some sweets at Pete Williams or what I've been doing all season. I just want to, I just want to have a bit of a laugh as well. And then obviously when the football side kicks in, you, you're concentrated. But with Scott, you know, he knows what I'm about. I knew what I was about. I, like I said, I know what he's about. And and I think it's because I've always had that edge about me when I've played. Quiet down a little bit now. You've probably not seen it too much this season. So I was, I was always good for a couple of red cards and gobbing off to the referee and stuff like that. Because I think I've, I've never got rid of that pub league mentality, to be fair. So, and a lot of managers won't accept that, and Scott did. So, I was like, oh, he's sound. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good guy, Scott. You spent three seasons, I think it was, at Chase Town. How do you reflect on those years? Because in one of the seasons, the 2017 to 18th season, uh, Chase Town did reach the playoffs. Yeah, that was a really good season. Like, again, we were really unlucky that season. The, the season before, I was at Newcastle Town with him. Um, it was actually, we underperformed in the end. We was at... Um, Christmas time, we were top of the league. We uh, we ended up missing out on playoffs in the end. I always remember a game we played Rushton and Diamonds, and basically it was between us and them who was going to get the last playoff spot. And it was nil nil. I've gone on a bit of a run. It's about five minutes to go at their place. They had loads of fans. I've gone down and that. Well, not that. I've got this contact, the minimal contact, should I say. Gone down and rescued a penalty. So everyone's like, yeah, get in there. And they're all getting loads of stick off of their fans. And I've took the pen. And it's the worst pen you've ever seen. 
I've sent the keeper the wrong way, but it's that bad the keeper's got up and still saved it. And then from there, he's kicked it back up the other, other end and they've scored and the beat us 1-0. <laughs> Literally cost us the playoffs. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, and then the following season, we went, went to chase down with him. And on my debut, he was like, right, make sure like we, we put it on him early. Uh, I remember Sp- Spalding and um, Dave, Dave kicked off. The ball's dropped short. It's literally about two seconds in. I've gone sprinting in me, flying into the into a tackle, missed the ball completely and took the lad. I was a red card all day long. And like, I've looked over and Scott's got his hand on his head. He's like, what have you done? I was like, oh no. Was re- and like, rest come over. He's like, yellow card. I was like, yeah, yeah, yellow card. <laughs> I ended up scoring the winner on, the, on that, that day though. Like, should have been sent off and ended up getting the winner. Well, yeah, the the playoff season, we're really strong side there, really, really good. Jack Langston, centre mid, still there now, scoring goals for fun. Uh, we have Bakes, who's moved to Malta. He's, he's from the Stoke area. He had a good core of players that he took with him, like the, the Lovers, play, pe- players like that. Really, really good, really good side, like really enjoyable season. And again, that that was that club chase down, really good club. It was um, real community feel there as well. So, like I say, I always feel settled and I always play my better football when when I know my family are looked after, you know, when I'm playing. So, You left Chasetown in the summer of 2020, which is during the lockdown. And I, I was going to ask how you kept yourself busy during the lockdowns. And then I came across your social media pages and, and your TikToks, Danny. And it seemed like you, you had had a lot of fun um, doing videos. And is that just like how you are as a character? This fun and, I guess, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, 100% that. I think if, if you ask a few lads in the change room, I don't think they call me fun. I think they're more calling me annoying. But yeah, I can't keep still, yeah. <laughs> as long as I'm having a laugh, I just enjoy myself. And, uh, <laughs> them TikTok videos, just, I enjoyed doing them, to be fair. They was good. <laughs> Forgot about them. Adam, who's the social media at Congleton, he says, Congleton, I'm never going to have a TikTok. But I think you could be the man, Danny, to bring it with, <laughs> with all, all your moves and, and videos that you created. Do you know what? When I went to Kids Grove, I did my knee and I was out for about four months, five months um, in pre-season and I ended up taking over the Instagram and I'd do like different games just to keep myself entertained and like I'd interview like whoever got man at match and stuff like that. <laughs> just like different crack and that was good, good fun. And you rejoined Kids Grove um, later in 2020. Was that the opportunity then to work with Scott Dundas again? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Um, went back in, fancied another go at it. I went and did pre-season with Shepshed, which is literally 10 minutes from my house, if that. But I find myself, like, getting to, like, one o'clock or whatever, and I'm like, I'm still at home, what's going on here? Just didn't like it. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. I played a couple of games pre-season for them. Didn't do too well. And, yeah, I just give Scott a ring. I said, do you mind if I come back down? I think I joined last week of pre-season and then, Straight in, uh, I can't remember who the debut, I think I made my debut against Chase Down actually, I think it was, in the FA Cup. And obviously, you mentioned there how you live not far from Shepshire, that's because you live in the Loughborough area, and people might be thinking, that is quite a commute, probably, I guess, close to an hour and a half away from Kidsgrove and, of course, Congleton. So, when teams are interested in signing you, I'd imagine there's quite a lot to think about, and I guess one of the big things is the location and the time. So, how come you decided to position yourself and actually play in a lot of these kind of Staffordshire and Cheshire-based clubs? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, to be fair, though. No. It's just like I say, it's the draw of Stoke. I think I'm a, an adoptive Stoke, you know. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. But like every club that I've played for, I've always had to travel, like, bake up 40 minutes. It's always been 
some form of travel there. I don't know. I kind of like the drive, but an hour and a half it is quite long to Congleton. But yeah, I, I don't mind. I like driving. And like I say, if my family can come with me as well, that's like, entertainment in the car and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it don't, I, I, it's never I'm, it's never bothered me too much, the, the drive at all. And before we talk about Congleton, I want to talk a little bit about Kidsgrove as well, because obviously it was a difficult time that season with the disruptions because of the COVID lockdowns, not playing, playing, games cancelled, and then the season being voided. And am I right in saying that you experienced quite a bad injury in 2021? Yeah, so um, I was running in pre-season and maybe me was trying to cheat a little bit and we were literally all we were doing was shuttle runs. And then I don't know if you know Ricky Bridge from the area. I think he's played for Conklin before as well. Uh, he was running in the opposite direction, but at full full speed. And we both jilted to the right and I've turned my body and he's hit me full on. And my, knee, my knees just bent the wrong way, basically. I just knew straight away I was I was a bad end. I think he did me, me medial and whatever, the lateral, whatever. I just struggled from there. I couldn't, couldn't walk or anything for about three months. I had to ring my missus. I was kind of missed. I couldn't drive or anything. I had to, she had to come pick me up. She weren't so happy about that. <laughs> Hour and a half drive. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, I struggled, man. And then I, I decided like when I when I come back, because it got to me mentally as well, that side. Cause like I say, I was couldn't get about or anything like that. And I, at the time we had uh, my young niece and nephew. I used to enjoy looking after them. I couldn't do anything for three months. And like I say, I used to have them every weekend and it, yeah, I struggled with that one to be fair. And then that was a realisation. I was like, oh actually I might not play again here. And I just kept thinking, I could never see myself getting back fit. I eventually did. In my head, I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this again now. I'm retiring. And then I gradually got fitter and fitter. I was like, actually, I don't want to retire. I'm going to carry on. I went back playing. And then did all right, to be fair, when I come back in. But yeah, then I, I made the decision to retire at the end of the season. I thought, do you know what? I'm not where I need to be. I weren't scoring any goals, weren't getting any assists. I just felt like I was just like a, a runner. And I, I've never... Never been a runner, so yeah, I decided to retire. But it didn't last very long my retirement. So, Danny, what was it that brought you then back to the pitch and back playing again? Yeah, it was an interesting one, really, because I obviously were expecting our first child, so that was a big reason for me to stop playing. So I, I love being a dad, and I wanted to spend as much time with my son as possible. So I obviously decided to retire, and then my friend, who coincidentally was the manager at Ruddington. Uh, got the assistant manager's job at Grantham. So he rang me up. He said, oh, we we want you in. Obviously, we, we well, they, this is what he said. He said, we get, we're getting a lot of ex-pros in. We're going for it. Uh, big budget. So I was like, no, no, I've retired. Obviously, I've, I've had a party, like, literally about four weeks ago at Kids Grove. Like, I've got a signed shirt and everything. I'm done. He was like, no, let us make you an offer. So they did. They made me a really good offer. And I thought, oh, you know, I can't turn that down. So I, I shouted up to the wife and I was like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm putting foot again. So, yeah, I retired for like, I think it was about four weeks. <laughs> so I went in, but I said to him, I said, I remember saying it because, as I said, alluded to before in the podcast, I said, I don't like it when all the headphones on, like sliders. I said, I'll come in, but if I'm not enjoying it, I said, I'm just going to go. He was like, Yeah, come see what, see what it's about. And they signed Jake Wright, who'd played in the Prem, Nathan Tyson Championship, Elliot Durrell, loads and loads of different Matt Tootle had been at uh, County. Really, really good players. Matt Tutor, coincidentally, is who put me in touch with Duffs for Congleton. So I went in there thinking, oh, they're going to be all up their own, really. And they weren't far from it. And honestly, it's one of the best change rooms I've ever been involved in. Brilliant. And we've massively underperformed. Like I said, a big budget they were aiming for. 
for winning a league and it just didn't materialise. But and for all the struggles, you'd think that it'd feed into the change room, but it never did. It was a, it was such a really good place to to play football. And, and even though the struggle, I, I played really really well actually, and to the point where he rang up the manager, rang me up the following season and offered me a contract. And there was me and uh, well, I think about four of us, four or five of us. His mum, uh, who was chairwoman, who was putting all the money in, ended up just like jumping ship and, and, and left so obviously that went all peak tongue so I was, I was in, in the market for a new club then after that and am I right in saying you might hate me for bringing this up but one of your first games for Grantham and anyone who follows you on X may have seen a video of a tackle from one I think it was the first games that you may have played for Grantham it was a challenge that you got sent off for and I quote yeah. I can't believe I got sent off for this or am I being biased and it went viral I think it's fair to say 115 did, yeah. retweets, quoted 580 times and nearly 6,000 likes and I think over a 1,000 comments. Were you, first of all, surprised by the, all the reaction this got and do you still feel aggrieved that you got sent off for that challenge? Wow, massively. My, that was my second red in that season as well. The second one was just as bad as that one. But yeah, do you know what? It was, it was funny enough. So I played the first game. We played uh, Shield and at home. I played really, really well. I played up front. Won three one, won a penalty, and made another goal. So I was, I was on cloud nine. So like I said, we in, in my head we were winning the league. We had all these ex pros. Played really well first game. I thought, yeah, this is class. Goes into the next game on a high and get sent off for that. I couldn't believe it, honestly. And we ended up that we ended up down to nine men in the first half. We ended up getting a draw that game. So even in my head after the game, I thought, what? We're we're aside here, like four points from the first two with nine men, and then. The footage come out because, like I said, they, they did it proper to prefer at Grand Fum. They had, they had all the VOs, the you know, the the packs, the heart rate monitors, all that. They, they told you how far you ran, all your sprints, etc. So when they sent all the data through, I looked at the video. I was like, oh my god, it's even worse than I thought. I was like, it's clearly I got a ball. And I remember putting it on on Twitter, and I said to my, to my missus, I said, this has got viral. This, watch this. So I've literally clicked it and then I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh my God, I couldn't touch my phone for like three days. It was just like bing, 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 bing. Uh, yeah. The second red, which was even worse, we'd gone up to Grimsby. I think it was Grimsby anyway. It was like a three-hour drive somewhere. And um, I got sent off for two yellow cards in one instance after six minutes. I couldn't believe it. I like I got one for kicking the ball away and the lads pushed me. I was like, ref, come on. I was like, I've, I've been booked for kicking the ball away. He's pushed me. He went, no, you're not speaking to me like that. Sent me off. I was like, oh my God. I couldn't believe it. You actually won the Lincolnshire Senior Cup. Obviously, Carlton have had their own county um, cup success. So what was that experience to you to, to lift um, that Senior Cup? Again, that was bittersweet for me, really, because I was playing really well at the time. If anything, he's kind of stuck by the same 11 in that Grantham season when I think they went 16 without a win and I was on the bench for pretty much all of them. I was mithering to start and eventually did come in. And every game, I, I, I always tell everyone that, every game I started with Grantham, um, we won. So it went, it went through all the way to the end of the season and the Grimsby game, because they were, they were still big games at the time because they there was teetering on relegation because everyone was just beating everyone towards the end, despite us going on a really good run. And it was two weeks before the cup final, and I got sent off against Grimsby and I lost my place. And I was like, I was like, oh, so I come on for the last half an hour. And like I said, that we, we played really well that final, we won 1-0, I think it were. And at the time, Spalding were, were up there in their league, so we just nullified them. But yeah, it was a bit, bit sweet, really. Obviously, we won, I was buzzing with one, but I'd, I'd lost my place, do you know what I mean? And through... I, well, I, I don't think it was a red card, but yeah. 
so how did your move come about to Congleton and what, what was it attracted you to Congleton? Because you said that, was it Matt Tootle put you in touch with Richard Duffy? So how did that move all come about? How did you end up here at Congleton? Yeah, so I, I felt sorry for a few of the lads, to be fair, with the grant from lads, because we'd all arranged, well, I think it was about six or seven of us had sorted to go back there and sign back there. So we're just enjoying our holidays, really, and just getting on with it, waiting for pre-season. And it was a week before pre-season, I think it were, we found out that the manager had been sacked and the chairwoman had left. So we're all a bit, oh, what do we do now? Because players get the deal sorted early do you know what I mean and teams had sorted their players out so we're all struggling really so again I thought well, what do I do now like do you know what I mean like I enjoy my season I want to carry on playing and then just by a chance went on Twitter and I think Winsford said we're not going in Midlands League blah blah we, we're demoting ourselves so I was like oh interesting like clicked on like Conga and had made a comment or something like that so I clicked and I was like oh they've been moved to the Midlands League and I was like, oh, my missus's uh, family are from the Midlands. So I was like, that'd be actually perfect because my mum and dad, who love football, come watching, can come to the home games. Her mum and dad, who love come watching, can come to the away games. And uh, and it was because it was the Midlands, the away games actually closer for me than the home games. So I was like, it's actually perfect. And I knew a few of the lads anyway. Uh, played with Dave, John Bowie, Chadders, Ethan, uh, Max, who I know he weren't there at the time, but I, I played with a lot of players. I played against Pete, so it made sense, really. And then I just didn't really know Duffs, but I knew Tootle had played at County with Duffs. So I messaged Toots and said, oh, do you know Duffs? Like, you're oh, yeah, top guy. He's like, I'll ring him for you. And then next day, Duffs rang me up and then we had a good chat and then arranged to come in and, and still here now, enjoying myself. <laughs> So is that quite often how non-league deals work? Sometimes it's a case of the managers bringing you in because you've perhaps played at different clubs, but sometimes as a player, you have to proactively go out and kind of look for a deal. And particularly, I guess, in your circumstance where, as you mentioned, it was extremely difficult circumstances with the situation at Grantham. Well, I've never been in that position before. So, uh, like I said, I can't really comment on that because I've always had managers ringing me up. That was that was just in that situation. It was a week before pre-season. And that's what I mean. I was like, I was like, oh, what do we do here? I've not, not, my phone's not rang, like, so I don't know what to do. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an unusual situation for myself. But like I say, thankfully, I knew someone who knew Doss because I've loved it this season. It's been brilliant. I love playing under him and Griff. Now, I was stalking your social media. I noticed that actually... Last season, from about February onwards, particularly in front of the big games, you were sending messages of good luck to Congleton. Is, is that because you knew the the, the players that, that were part of the team? Yeah, to be fair, I can't remember doing that. To be to be fair, but yeah, I was done. Like I, non-league's a great place because you meet some some fantastic people, and you, I've got lifelong friends who are playing all over the place now. And like I say, I message them all the time, so. I didn't even realise they were doing that, to be fair. But, yeah, like I say, but you know people, like I say, Dave Parton, top, top, top bloke. I played with him at three or four different clubs. And, like I said, when we're both finished, we'll still be mates in a few years' time. And you, you get that in non-league. And that's that's the great thing about it. Like, like being in that team, atmosphere, that camaraderie, something like that, if you could bottle it, you'd be a millionaire. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like I say, I, I retired for four weeks, and as long as four weeks in my life, because I think I'm never going to have that again. So when you came into Congleton, that first training session, that first pre-season game, were you feeling a bit of pressure? Because obviously you've called up a manager, Matt Tootle has, has put, put you in touch with him. Did you think, 
I've got to make sure that I, I put a good impression in here. So did you actually feel a bit of pressure? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I did. I did for the first couple of weeks and Duff's weren't even there on holiday. <laughs> so you didn't see me anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, I did to be fair. I thought I need I need a couple of good performances. I do pride myself on like always playing at least a seven or eight out of ten every week and when I don't, I, I can never sleep. So obviously like the Tuesday just gone. I think I walked around apologising to all the fans saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I did feel a bit of pressure to be fair. I still do. I, and if you don't you don't feel pressure, then you don't think you're human and you don't think you care about what you do. How long did you then settle in? Because we often speak about on the podcast about the great team spirit. Obviously, you said that you knew players and I guess that probably helped that settling into the squad. But what were your kind of first impressions of the club and, and how did you then settle into the club? Yeah, like I say, it does make it a lot easier when you know five or six of the of the core players that have been there a few seasons. I know AJ and uh, and players like that. So as soon as you come in, you you can have a good chat, and it does does settle you a lot. I think that's where I've struggled to be fair in in previous seasons. Where I've tried moving where like I don't know. I, I'm quite a big personality myself, so I find it quite hard being quiet if that makes sense. Because I don't think you can go in at full hundred percent Dan Cox at a team that. No one really knows you'd be like, who's this weirdo, man? Get him out. <laughs> but yeah, so it makes it a little bit easier in that sense. And like I said, like, c- coming off the back of your successes that you had last season, that was a big reason for me wanting to come in because obviously I am coming towards the end of my career now and I want to finish it with as many, many medals as I as possibly can get. So yeah, it was it was a big, big pull for me, that was. And, and as we've already mentioned, you do have a long drive to get here. I guess some players might think, oh, I will perhaps move a little bit locally. But I think that says, says a lot, the fact that you do make that long journey, the fact that you do love being part of the club. Yeah, 100%. I love being part. Like I so said, I keep alluding to it, but like the the community feel, it, it'll keep me at a club. It, it will like, every time I get in the car and I'm driving all my hour in, I'm like, oh, this is long. But then I get to the club and I just love it. I, I love the atmosphere. I love, I love all everything about it, to be fair. I've done all season. It's been wicked. It's been such a great place to play. And in terms of a competitive debut, you couldn't have really asked for a better start because of the winning goal in the FA Cup. I guess you couldn't have asked for a much better start. And is it always nice to get that first goal ticked off, especially on your debut? Yeah, I've got a bit of a knack of scoring on my debut, to be fair. I've done it quite, quite a few few players. I've done it at Bay Cup and then Kids Grove, Chase Town, and obviously Congerton as well. Uh, but yeah, it's always nice to get that early goal. I chipped in with about six is it this season six or seven five or six assists as well so yeah just wherever can help the team like I say if I, if I start brilliant if I come off the bench and have an impact that way and however Duffs and Griss want to use me it's not a problem as long as I keep chipping away I ideally wanted 10 before before the season kicked off so I'm on I'm on course and one of the games where you certainly made an impact was the home game against Dudley Town at the end of September. You came on around the hour mark from memory, and I think it was a 15-minute hat-trick in the end. Is that the sort of impact that when you're coming off the bench, when you're warming up and then you get you see your number, you think, that's the sort of impact I, I, I want to have? You couldn't really ask for a much better impact. Yeah, well, I don't get many hat-tricks. Um, no, I can't remember. I think, I think I've got one before, so obviously to get one in 30 minutes is some feat. But uh, yeah... Do you know what? Like, you know, when you come off the bench, as long as whatever instructions I get, I think I've, I've I come off one game. I can't remember who it was. Was it um, away at Schiffnell? And I think we were two up, and it was just keep the ball, get it in the corner. If, if that's an instruction, and then that's the impact I'm going to have, then so be it. Like whatever Duffs and Gris want me to do, that's what I'll do. And if an impact scoring a goal, I'm making an assist even better. 
So always, as long as we can help the team and we get them three points, we keep ticking them off on the way to hopefully winning the league. And I guess that's the real aim, isn't it? That's, that's what they, they put yourselves in a strong position now. And I guess in the change rooms and around the club, there must just be this feel-good factor there now. Yeah, but everyone's really grounded, though. Um, I've talked to a lot of lads, obviously. We, we know we're on a good run and we've just got to keep going game by game, just ticking them off. Obviously, we've got an unbelievable record. It's 12 from 12 in it at the, at the Cleric. So I think teams, a lot of teams come and they're beating before they even get there. But we, we can't take it for granted. We've got to go out and we've got to play well. We've got to put our chances away. It's as simple as that. But the lads know it's just game by game. Keep ticking them three points off. Few teams have got games in hand, so they can still challenge us. I think if Highgate win all their games and they're all the three points behind us, so can't take anything granted at all. It's by no means done yet. We just, uh, just turn up Saturday. We're going to be studly, hopefully, another three points and just take it game by game. And I guess as well, it's often described as that perfect mix of youth and an also experience. There is some incredibly young players, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, when they play with yeah, so much maturity. <laughs> but also you've got the experience, the likes of yourself I'd put into, into that bracket. Players like Carl Dickinson, who's obviously played at the, the highest yeah. possible level in the Chadders, Premier League. And Chichal is very experienced in the non-league scene. Do you think there is that perfect mix of experience and then also the youth as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I say, we we're talking about it the other day. Like I think Tommy midfield seventeen, you know, I'm more than double his age. It could be his dad. <laughs> Crazy, but yeah, we we've got quite a few young lads, Marco, etc. But yeah, I've got a real good mix. And do you know what? Like even though they're seventeen, they're eighteen, Marco and uh, and Tom midfield, they've been brilliant, like superb players, and they're going to have really, really good careers. And I think. They just keep their head. and they're, they're really grounded lads as well. So I think they've got a, a big career uh, in football league. To be fair, I think if they if they keep improving and keep listen, listening to Dustin Griss, what they've got to say, I think they've got a real good chance of making it. To be fair, and obviously you mentioned about the family feel. We often see your wife pushing the pram around with your yeah. with, with your son in it. And it, is that what non league football and, and for you it's all about? You mentioned that family feel that 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 community that family place where everybody can, can come down. And I guess Congleton Town at the moment is the perfect example of that. Yeah, it's superb. It's, it literally is. It's, it's a wicked place. And you, you line up and all the kids are putting around. They want high fives. It's wicked. It's such such a good place to be. I actually challenged my missus at the weekend to get on that fan cam. You know, that Elle's photography. But she struggled. I went through the pictures before and you were on there. So, <laughs> But yeah, they love it. Uh, she loves it. Our family love it. And it's like great, great atmosphere. And didn't your wife have a bit of a starring role in a game a couple of weeks ago when Darren Chadwick injured on his knee? They searched for the no, Vaseline. You know what, got, she have, have a starring role. Now, look, this, this is the Vaseline. <laughs> that is the Vaseline. <laughs> Still got all dirt in it and everything. <laughs> yeah, she went sprinting up to the car. To be fair, she left the child just on the side. He was just on his own. So. Those situations could only happen in non-league football. But we love it. Yeah. Um, so how do you reflect on your time at Congleton Town so far? Yeah, really enjoyable. In terms of off the pitch, couldn't have asked for any more. Like, like I say, really great group of lads. Get on with every single one of them. Real good crack and to boot the really, really good at football. So that that helps. But yeah, and on the pitch, bit of a stuttering start, wasn't it? Like we we had a few injuries, few away. But now we're just we like a train. Really, we we've got the momentum. Just keep winning. Just keep ticking them off. So yeah, happy on both fronts. Like really enjoying my time there. And like I say, hopefully. Fingers crossed we can keep winning and and finish with some silverware, if not two. So, League and Cup, hopefully. So, just got, just got to keep winning. That's all you got to do. 
And also, Danny, we obviously talk sometimes about the players' careers outside of football. Um, and you're one of the many PE teachers within Congleton. Um, is that something that you've always been involved in PE? And was it kind of inevitable, given your passion for football and sport, you are going to go down that route? No, it wasn't something I was always always interested in, to be fair. I, I got into teaching quite late, to be fair. I've only been teaching, what, is it eight, nine years now? So kind of fritted from job to job, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then someone said, why don't you just try uh, the teaching route? So went into a school, got some experience, loved it. And like I so said, I ended up doing my PGCE. Oh, I actually did a skit by chance. Went for experience where I'm at now. They offered me a job, applied for it, got it, and I'm at a department there now. I love it and can, can't see myself leaving. Like I so said, I work in a, in a special school. It's SEMH school, so there's about 120 students that have been excluded from other schools. Uh, they come to our school and can be challenging at times, but it's, it's good fun. I enjoy it, yeah, it's good. And do they take an interest in your career as a footballer? Yeah, they, do you know what they do? The, uh, the P office has got... Um, one of the kids had done all FIFA cards of what they've rated us of of what we scored and got pictures off the internet of us playing. So uh, yeah, they all take an interest in. Uh, we've got we've got a few of us actually playing non-league. I think there's about eight, seven or eight players that play all different non-league. Step four, five, and six. If you had to say what your top FIFA kind of attribute would be, what attribute are you given? Probably drawing fouls in the box. Um, and what would you say is your area which might have your lowest? My lowest. Probably my mood when I've not been picked to start, that'd be right low. Obviously, we've talked about your career at length. We've gone through all the the, the high moments, some low moments as, as well. If you look to look back on your entire career so far, how do you reflect on, on that? I'd reflect on it in the sense of I think I've been very, very lucky. Although we talked about having a, a knee injury at Kids Grove, that was a bit, little bit later on in, in my career. I've never really touched wood, never really had any bad injuries to my knees or anything like that. So I've been very, very lucky. Played with some great clubs, great managers, made some brilliant mates along the way. So yeah, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd reflect on it saying that I'm lucky and I've enjoyed every single minute of it, to be fair, apart from the long drives. Can you create a, a playlist for your journey? Do you know what? I'm actually really boring. Like I don't like the re- I don't like music. I just like the silence. I like my own thoughts. Yeah. So a very reflective person. I've yeah. Probably shouldn't say. I probably talk to myself in my head. Like <laughs> no, no, I was joking. It's not a big fan of music. It gives me a headache. To be fair, it's always quiet anyway because my little one's in the back and he goes to sleep. We're not allowed to say a word to each other. We just drive back in silence anyway in case we wake him up. <laughs> So the final question, which I always end all the podcasts to all the players that come onto the podcast, if you could play alongside any player in world football, who would you pick to play alongside and why? 100% go Ryan Giggs, my all-time favourite player. So I grew, like I said, grew up watching Man United. As soon as I set eyes on him on the left wing, taking people on, I thought that's, that's a bit of me. I always wanted to play on the left wing, so he's my favourite player. Brilliant. Thanks, Danny. And thanks a lot for coming on the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. No problem, mate. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me. It's first against second in the league on Saturday as Congleton travel to second place Studley. Then on Tuesday is the Cheshire Senior Cup quarter-final away at Northern Premier League side Witten Albion. After back-to-back cup games to start the new calendar year, the reserves play their first league game of 2024 on Saturday. They're at home to Eagle Sports. The ladies' first team had a good win in the Cup last weekend and they returned to league action on Sunday when they travelled to AFC Crew. Come on the Bears and thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. Bears!